Hello and welcome to the RPG Academy Twitch channel. My name is Michael and we're here tonight for Detention Live. Joining me as always, my co-host Chris. Chris, say hello to everyone. Hello everyone. And joining us tonight is nobody. We thought we had a guest lined up, so things happened. Uh, so it's just the two of us, but uh, we will carry on. We will have a great show anyway. Uh, we do have a guest lined up for next time, which will be in two weeks. It's actually um, Douglas Shoot. Uh, he works with Free League, and he's actually might be coming to a catacon uh, as an official Free League representative. Uh, and he has been very kind to me, uh, helped me get some Free League stuff for um, a catacon prizes. So very excited to have him on and chat about what he does for Free League and other nonsensical stuff. Uh, but that will be for two weeks for tonight, just you and I, sir. So we will start with our extracurricular and I'll say, what you been up to lately, buddy? Uh, a ton of work. I am once again rebuilding an office because they moved people to other teams. People found other opportunities. So I'm rebuilding a team, which means this guy gets to do the work that four people <laughs> were doing before as well as his management job. He well, was just doing. don't do it too well, or then they'll be like, you know what, maybe they don't need four other people. Well, I started getting some sales orders back. I do medical supply stuff. So the insurance team kept kicking stuff back. So they got a little frustrated. So I said, hey, one guy doing four people's job plus running the office, you got to cut me some slack. And they go, well, we don't have time for your mistakes. I said, well, then I, I don't have time for this conversation. <laughs> and they went, well, I guess we'll have to send you help. I'm like, you think? Yeah, that'd be great. So a couple of days a week, I get some help from other people. So that's kind of nice. Other than that, I haven't really done a ton of new stuff. Uh, I'm getting ready for Diablo 4. I really liked the beta. They sucked me in, so you'll get my $70. Here you go. No, I'm not giving you 100 for all the extra clothes and whatnot. Uh, I'll just take the game and have fun with that. Uh, we did start up Redemption. Well, technically it's Smuggler's Blues. Yeah, yeah. I definitely want to ask you about this. So this is yeah. the new... So, so again, so technically this is post the final... So this yes. is in the same canon, right? So these are the same characters after the final of the podcast on different right. new adventures. It's one year later. Okay. It's just me, Kaylee, and Mike playing. So you have uh, Tazi, Corral, A1, and D4. And it's, like I said, a year later, uh, the ship is in horrible shape. They have made some poor decisions. Uh, we alluded to it last night. You know, A1 got cheated in gambling which is ironic because he usually cheated to win. Mm -hmm. uh, he got cheated, lost one of the escape pods in that. Uh, there's panels falling off. Uh, they can't seem to get their act together. And last night we launched the uh, new stream because we're streaming it. We're not going to do it as quite the audio drama we did before. So there's a little less work involved as far as post. Right. It was nice because we had, we had a whopping 10 people watching. Hey. That's better than us. Yeah. We've been doing this for years. It was fun because I had chat open on my phone. So whenever they were rolling despairs or threats and stuff, uh, there were a couple of times where I'm like, ah, I'll use that here in a minute. And people watching would give ideas. I'm like, mm. I like that one. So I stole a couple ideas from people, which was fun. I like the idea of having the chat there so people can throw ideas out and I can try to work them in the story, which, believe it or not, in some ways is harder than following what I pre-planned because now I've got to work something in somebody else said, but right. I, I enjoy that. I think it's fun. 
you know, we did well our, our first game after having you know four months off. We didn't have any real technical issues. That's a miracle. Yeah, I mean, for the first time now, streaming. You're not streaming this on Twitch, right? You, this is just a YouTube or straight to YouTube? Uh, yes, I think so. I think Kaylee's just doing YouTube. Uh, they have, we have a new intro video that goes out to kind of do the countdown. Mm-hmm. And I guess somehow on this one, my, my audio beforehand was bleeding through, but nobody else's was, yeah. which I don't understand because how OBS works, but whatever. Yeah. I wasn't saying anything bad, so I'm not worried about it. But yeah, we had a good time with it. I'm excited to see where it goes. Uh, we originally planned, okay, we should spend about an hour doing this one thing and then another two, you know, the other hour doing this other thing. Well, it took us the first hour to get to the first thing we were supposed to do mm-hmm. and an hour more. And afterwards I laughed, I go, hey, we talked about not falling down, you know, RPG roll, rabbit holes. And the first thing we did is dove right into, you know, more than just a rabbit hole. We dove into the pool. <laughs> And just started swimming around and just going with it. So it, it was fun. You know, we fell back into a lot of our old habits and role playing. When you've role played with some, a group for eight years, it's easy just to get back into it. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I got uh, Dragonlance tomorrow. The last game went well. They took an encounter that I'm reading other DMs talk about how it was a total party kill. And the last time we played, they figured out a way to do it. And I actually had to. Like I'm sitting there going, how's everybody killing their party when my party's just destroying this? And I actually had to make the encounter more difficult and they still blew through it. Part of that is I made a mistake. Skip had shield guardian up, I think, and it was a concentration thing. I forgot to have him make a check when he got hit. It should have ended earlier, but it was doing a lot of damage. So right, right. just a little mistake, but I'm not a D&D expert. Right. Yeah, no, me neither. But we're having fun with it. I, know, I like the storyline. I like the the stuff I've mixed in, the stuff I've taken out. But when we're done, and you know, I think we're maybe halfway through the actual adventure. Okay. Two or three months of playing before I'll do a recap show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, the audio only is going to come out on the regular podcast feed. I've kind of been waiting because I know we kind of run into a dead spot in the summer because of all the other yeah. things I have going on. So I'm kind of like, saving them up to make my life a little bit easier, but also want to have quite a lot out so that when they start coming out, maybe they can mm-hmm. just keep coming out um, until you're oh, done. Sure. Cause right now you've I think we have seven episodes in the can completely done. I think you have a couple more that you're still doing your thing for, yeah. and then you still have, you know, what, five, six more sessions to go, if not more than yeah, that. Yeah, I so. think so. And, and I want to go through and I want to do better intros on them a little bit because some of them were, you know, we did one four-hour session that I think I cut up into three episodes. So I want to do a little better explaining that. Mm-hmm. I had hit a point of editing, which I'm sure you've been to, where you're just like, okay, I'm done for a couple of days. Leave me alone. Oh, yeah. It's done. Forget about it type thing. Yeah. I, I have this little cheat that I've been doing for, for years now. Because again, we've been doing this podcast. We're going on 13 years now. So it's been a long time. And I've always kind of hung our hat on our audio quality. Now, obviously, we've mm-hmm. had issues. We've had episodes that were just terrible. We've had recording issues. Someone else's pot, you know, mic didn't work, that kind of thing. But for the most part, we've had really good audio for a very long time, very consistently. Uh, now everyone does. Like, it, like everyone is caught up. Like, I, I was a nerd about it for a very long time, but now it's just so much easier to get good quality audio. We, we don't really stand out for that. But when I edit our shows, particularly if it's an actual play where there's a lot, like four or five different tracks, and this, you know, it's going to take me a very long time, I start off, I edit the crap out of it. And the longer I go, 
the less I edit. Cause I figure <laughs> once you're halfway through, you're invested. Like if you've listened yeah. to half of an actual play, you're going to finish the episode. So I might leave in a few extra ums and ahs. I may not line up everything just perfectly. So it, it takes me longer. Once I get to the halfway point, I'm more than halfway done. And in my weird brain, that's like a reward for myself. And then it makes it easier to do the back half. Kind of what I do too. <laughs> I kind of figure after 20 minutes of an episode, you're into it. So. Yeah, you're in. You're either can, in or out at that point, right? I can lighten up on some of it. And, you know, some of it too with this one, I, I want in a way to capture more of the feel of us at the table. So yeah, my friend Dave, he says, um, a lot. RJ likes the word like. Like, like, um, yeah. like, like, yeah. like, um. So I leave some of those in just because that's who they are. And I want people to actually kind of experience that. And now that I've figured out, took me only what five recording sessions to figure out what was going on with skip sound and it just kept driving me nuts, but I figured it out. I've never had so many times of trying to figure out a microphone, but once we figured out the setting was goofy on there, it worked. I gotcha. So Grimace Tubman's in the chat and says, <laughs> you need to lighten up and they do like, like that's RJ. <laughs> hey RJ. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. Cause I actually haven't been listening. Mm -hmm. I'm going to experience this through you. I am very excited about that. And I'm also excited to do that recap episode when, you know, we talk about the adventure as it was written, what you changed, how you think, how would you do it differently? Uh, you know, we're not going to do quite do the full masterclass yeah. uh, thing overall, but I definitely want to deep dive into some of the decisions you made, times when you were surprised or shocked or, you know, what went, you can just kind of what we do in news books here, yeah. what went well? that you will take into your next game and what did you try or maybe happen that you're like, you know what, we need to do better or try something else for the next time. I think it'd be very valuable. I'm excited to do that too. For me, I mean, this is the first time I've ever run a long module. I've run a couple of short ones and I've never really enjoyed them. And this one, I've, I've learned a lot about how to run them. So if I had to, or if I wanted to do another one, I feel like I could do it a lot quicker and a lot easier and I could just take my own flavor and put in real mm -hmm. real quick. But anyways, what have you been up to? Uh, well, I'll start with the game stuff. Um, I've I mentioned it a few times before. I, I've kind of rekindled playing with my childhood best friends, the, the people mm -hmm. I started playing with when I was 12 years old, Brandon, Bill, and Joe, though Bill, he came the one time we did like the, like last summer, we did like a guy's weekend. We rented a cabin. We all hung out and cooked out and it was great. It was a wonderful time. And we got to play D&D &D, and everyone had a great time. They absolutely loved it. So we decided that we would keep playing and we aim for once a month. We're all old. We, most of us have kids. We're professionals. You know, we have all these other responsibilities and we also don't live necessarily that close to each other. Like it's a two hour drive for Brandon to come down here. Wow. So we've yeah. aimed for once, once a month. And I think we just had our fourth or fifth session. So we basically have averaged at best every other month. And even that, I think we've did two now in a row is the only reason we're up to five. Uh, but anyways, we played last Saturday and we finished up. I was running Keep on the Shadowfell, which was one of the 4E launch modules. But I thought it was a really cool module. Now, I've mixed in some other things. I've added some additional Michael stuff, but that's kind of was the basis of it. And I found somebody converted it online in like DM's Guild is like two bucks or something. I don't know. I paid, paid it for somebody to convert all the monsters back to 5E, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So uh, we got to the basically to the final boss. And anyone who knows me knows I'm I'm almost guaranteed not to kill a character unless like unless you want to kill a want your character to die or if you truly do something stupid I'm going to find a way for your character not to die particularly with this situation I kind of feel like if one of the characters died it might like 
throw a monkey wrench into the momentum. So I'm not saying they're never going to die, but they weren't going to die tonight, right? Uh, so I went into that final battle. They they had already fought a couple times. One of them went down and had to go into death saves, and almost like we almost had a death before that. Uh, but luckily, I knew he had a reroll in his back pocket, so I I was a little more loosey goosey with letting him take some hits, even though he was down. He basically did took a fireball and to put him at negative two death saves, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so they went into this final battle. They had almost no resources left, so I knew it was going to be a tough battle, anyways. But then they just wiped the floor with this thing, like just absolutely decimated it. Uh, They just got to third level and Joe's character has uh, an assassin ability. Basically, if he goes first and you haven't acted yet, he gets to hit you uh, with advantage. And if he hits it all, it's considered a critical. Okay. Um, And the way I do criticals is it's max damage plus roll again. So that is a little bit deadly. But he did like almost 50 points of damage before anything happened. And then Brandon on two different attacks, I think it was on like round one and round two, natural 20. Like, I mean, I'm watching him roll. He did it. Bam, natural 20. He has a magical axe. It's not super powerful, but it's, you know, it's like a plus one axe. So it's D12 plus five. So he, so that was like 17 plus he rolled again. So he did like 30 points of damage. And then another time he did like 30. So I I didn't have to like cheat. I didn't have to fudge any rolls. They just killed him. I was able to get a uh, ongoing attack off on both of them before he died. So they both took some damage and they were both taken ongoing. I don't even know if 5e does that, but it's something from 4e. I kept it because I thought it was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they both got to the point where they were worried that they might die, but wiped them out. So it absolutely was a fantastic final battle. There's only two players. So, you know, there's a little bit of weird, weirdness with the numbers anyways, but they absolutely had a blast. It was, it was, you know, nerve wrenching, nail biting. They pulled it off the natural 20s. They got to use the abilities that they wanted to use. I got, I just about couldn't have planned it better. And it was great. So we're really excited. And, and the other side, exciting part for me, and again, anyone who's listened to my podcast now for 12, 13 years, you've heard me talk about Brandon before, like in the long, long ago, mm-hmm. he would always be like, I want to run a game. And he would run one session and it would be the best session I've ever played in. And then he'd be like, I don't think I'm gonna play anymore. Like, I can't tell you, like he, <laughs> he's done that to me more than I've had campaigns fail, right? It's just like, right. he, he gets really excited. He runs one session. And then I don't know if he just gets it out of a system or if there's still like an anxiety about, you know, up to those same standards, but he's done it again. So the, the way we've set up this, this adventure, they are working for a criminal organization, but they're actually working for a noble woman Basically, they're like secret agents within the criminal organizations. They do bad things. They are criminals, but they're actually working for her interests more than the actual criminal organization. So sometimes they get missions that coincide, and then mm-hmm. sometimes they have to sabotage the mission they're on without making it obvious that's what they're doing so that they don't get you know outed or murdered by their criminal organization they're in. So basically, the way we've set this up is it makes sense for sometimes the team to change all right. So I've created a character. Next time we're going to play, Brandon's going to run and his character is going to step out and I get to be part of the criminal organization. So shocker, rolled a wizard. Uh, so I'm ready to go. Third level dwarf wizard, because why not? Uh, 18 intelligence, 18 constitution. Bam. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm super excited about a chance to play. But I, I expect next time we gather, I will say I had a great time and we are never playing again. Because that's just the way it works for me. I've done that before where we've switched DMs like that. I enjoy it because it it gives you a break. It refreshes you. It gives somebody else a chance to be excited and run something. 
gives them a chance to try something. And if it doesn't work, you just rotate the next person yeah. in. I, I enjoy that stuff. My group in Cleveland, I've talked about several times. We did that. We were part of a, like a good, a good aligned mercenary group and we would just rotate through and everything. But yeah, this adventure I ran for them was, was basically a dungeon crawl. Like, you know, the, mm -hmm. all, there was like a lot of setup, but then ultimately the adventure itself was just to keep on the shadow fell was pretty much straight through dungeon crawl. And I, that's not what I run. Like I don't run dungeon crawls. I run social games, political games. It's mostly against other humans and they all had a good time. And so I'm a little bit worried about working in my, because we also did maps and minis, which I normally do not do. I, I took a lot of time and actually I got like one of those big uh, easel mm -hmm. grids that you get like a, like at a office depot or something. And so I made actual maps for each section and I would like pull them out like that, like it'd be a number six on this corner. If they went that way, I'd get number six map and it would have four numbers. And so it was way more involved than I normally would do, but I, I kind of felt like that's what they would want. Cause that's the way we used to play when we were kids. So I think the next time I run, I'm going to do more theater of the mind and, and maybe do a little bit of a mixture. Cause I just don't enjoy prepping that way. I did it for them. Cause I love them. They're my you know childhood best friends. I would do anything for these people, but I don't want to keep doing <laughs> that right. level of prep because I also don't enjoy it. That's not the type of game I like to right. run. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that, but yeah, we're supposed to actually play uh, in a couple of weeks, we're going to do a one-off random. His wife's going out of town. We're going to go up to his house and like basically do like a camp out at his house on a random night. Cause they're, they're both teachers. They're off for the summer. And okay. um, so we're going to play in just a couple of weeks. Uh, and this one brand's going to run. Nice. Foxblade's in chat. So welcome Foxblade. Happy to have you with us as well. Uh, nice. I have to mention Ted Lasso. No, no spoilers, but anybody who's listened to me, I'm sure I've talked about before. I love Ted Lasso. That first season of Ted Lasso one of my favorite TV shows of all time. I, I absolutely ugly cried, not this most recent episode, the one before, I mean, just straight out ugly cried during part of it. I got very, very emotional. Uh, this episode, I really enjoyed. I've, I've already seen some people online saying it wasn't that great. Screw those people. They're wrong. It was a great finale. I really enjoyed it. Are you on the Ted Lasso train? I don't have Apple TV, so it's worth getting it just yet. for that. And severance severance is one of the best TV shows I've ever watched. Also, they're both on there. That's what I've heard. I've heard that Ted Lasso is really good. Yeah. And, and I think people don't like uh, everybody. You hear so many people say, oh, that finale sucked. I think it's mostly because you're just sad that the show's ending. I will say there are some that were garbage. Dexter yeah. should not have ended the way it did. Game of Thrones. And uh, no, Game of Thrones is terrible. Yeah. I mean, that whole last season was kind of rushed. But yeah, for most part, I, you know, I think a lot of them end the way they should. I think endings are hard. I, I mean, they truly are. I think, I think a, a pilot, I'm not going to say it's easy, but like I equate it to D and D. Like when I come up with a new campaign, my first sessions are almost always the best session. Cause I've thought the most about them. I've done the most amount of work. It's very planned out, but it's hard to maintain that. And it's very hard to wrap it around and end it in a way that feels like it, it was earned. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, wrapped in all the things that happen, all the changes, all the growth. I just think endings are really, really hard to do. And it's rare that they're done right. And I agree with it. So there's also just a like, well, I didn't want it to end. So, you know, I'm a little bit down on it because it ended it all. And maybe yeah. my character, like one character didn't end the way I thought they should have. Or this character that I particularly like didn't get as much screen time. Like, I think there's lots of personalization that goes into that determination of whether or not you like it or not outside. Like that's why you had to wait like five, 10 years and somebody on a podcast will tell you whether it was good or not. 
It's funny though, because you say your best sessions are your first sessions. I feel like my weakest is the beginning. Mm. It takes me a few minutes to wrap my head around what motivates the characters and what's going to drive the players. And once that clicks with me, then I take off. And then it's easier for me to kind of maintain it. Mm -hmm. I usually tell everybody, usually the first episode, you know, session one or two might be a little slow until I, I get into the groove and then it takes off. But it's interesting, the difference. Yep. Uh, I've been rewatching some old shows. Uh, you know, I've said before, I deal with depression and anxiety. It's sometimes it's not as bad as other times. Sometimes it's worse. I've gone through a couple bouts that were pretty bad over the last few months. Uh, and one of the ways that my depression manifests is that I find comfort, basically comfort shows. Like I, I'm more, I, I don't try new things that could be good or bad. And I sort of retreat to things that I know will bring me comfort. And so I've been watching a lot of old stuff that I, I like. Uh, Community, love Community, one of my favorite shows. I decided to rewatch Firefly. I think we've watched the first mm -hmm. six or seven episodes, which again is one of my all-time favorite shows. Makes me so sad that Joss Whedon turned out to be a piece of crap, uh, but I still love that show. And yeah. uh, some of the Marvel movies, some of my all-time favorites. Uh, I rewatched the first Iron Man, the first Avengers. I'm going to rewatch Captain America Winter Soldier. So, so some of those things. Um, but yeah, Ted Lasso was probably the thing. Oh, Yellow Jackets, also a new show, but I love Yellow Jackets. That's another one where mm -hmm. I, again, I, I literally tell people, watch the pilot episode of Yellow Jackets. And within the first 10 minutes, maybe even the first five minutes, you're either in or you're out. And if you're okay. in, it is, it's, it's worth getting showtime just for that show. And then you can always cancel because, you know, you can binge it all on a weekend. Uh, right. But Yellow Jackets is absolutely incredible. I love that show so much. And then there was one more that I've been watching. Oh, Strange New Worlds, uh, the Star Trek that's about to come back, I think, in June. Um, some of the best Star Trek ever. I absolutely loved the first season of that show. Yeah, it's so funny how similar you and I are in a lot of ways. Because, like, right now, uh, Melissa's, my wife's, her company got a new computer system, and she leaves the house at seven, comes home sometimes at 6.30. We have dinner. She's back on her computer from mm. 7.30 until 10.30 just because everything is just a mess and she can't just do what I do and let things fall apart and let somebody right. else <laughs> deal with it. I'm okay with saying, hey, I gave you my 10 hours today. You're not getting more. Uh, but it, so for me, you know, most nights, nine o'clock we sit down we watch you know an episode of something or sometimes eight o'clock in the last two months she hasn't you know we haven't been able to do that so i'm either down here playing some stupid push a button and kill things game or watching tv shows over and over that i find comfort i watch fox machina enough times that i can almost quote it you know just have fun you know relax with that kind of stuff but i understand that the comfort of the safe place you know, here, here's something that I know I'm going to just lose myself into mm -hmm. and not have to think about sitting on the couch alone. What do I do now? <laughs> right. You know, type thing or, you know, whatever's going on in life, which is why we need to do more of tabletop. Yeah. Simulator. Well, I did want to touch on that before we moved on. Uh, we got to play recently schedules lined up for tabletop simulator, uh, which again, anyone listening now or in the future, join our discord. All you gotta do is ask for the invite. We have a channel just for tabletop dis uh, simulator and we try to get together for a while. We were doing really good. We were playing DC deck builder regularly. Uh, for a while I was actually playing 
Icewind Dell, that old AD&D game. I had several people, a lot of people come to a catacon. Uh, we kind of fell together and we've been, we played that for a while and then schedules fell apart, but it was a lot of fun. But anyway, we got to play the, the most recent Marvel legendary set, Midnight Suns. So you got Morbius, you got Blade, Werewolf by Night, Elsa Bloodstone. And uh, we played that. It was me, you and your wife. And I was convinced we were, we oh, were done. Like round 10, I'm like, we are done. But it took a long time. I mean, we probably mm -hmm. only had maybe one or two turns left to total before we would lose, but we pulled it out. I, I cannot believe that we did that. Yeah, I was surprised. I, I liked how it played. I liked adding the vampires in with the little blood frenzy and stuff mm -hmm. like that. I thought that was a neat little addition, and it didn't make it too complicated. A couple of the expansions, I'm like, okay, that's just too much to pay attention to. Let's just move on. Yeah, that, here, here's my plea to... Anyone listening from that company? I don't need a new keyword for every set. Yeah. We have enough keywords. Just give me new characters, modulate them a little bit so that maybe this version of Blade can play with this character where before they didn't synergize. You don't have to keep coming up with new stuff. I don't buy that because you create a new keyword. I buy it because I'm an insane person uh, and I love Marvel and I love superheroes. But I do, I love the game. I've, I've bought every card. Like there isn't a card that exists as far as I know that I don't have. But I, I almost never play them. So I really enjoy getting to play them on TTS1 because it's so much easier because you can just flip the table when you're done. Yeah. But the midnight and sunlight thing is hard TTS. Like, um, I, it, and home, you can just like slide evens or odds up. And I think it's a little bit quicker. And what I want to do, and this is just for me and you, anyone listening, I'm sorry. You know how you can create your own components? I just mm -hmm. want to make like a little sign that says midnight sunlight. And it's like a white and a yellow. And then we can just literally flip it on the table. I think that'd be it little thing to do what if there's like a coin that you could just flip over i'm sure there is but i mean again just make it like it's, yeah. so it's like red or yellow and white or something so it's super super obvious yeah uh, but i do want to circle back around so the first edit the first professional edit of action 12 cinema behind mm -hmm. me uh is done there's nice. uh one section that the editor suggested uh, uh not necessarily a rewrite uh, they, they want me to add in an example that doesn't currently exist, like another, like, here's how you would do it. Like character A wants to do this and, and like kind of do like a step-by-step -step example in a couple, couple places. Um, the edit looks great. I'm very excited about it. So I will be sending out the newest for, or the new version to everybody probably within another three or four weeks because we're going to go through it one more time because we made some decisions like as we went, we were like, well, Maybe we should do this or do that. So we kind of got, it's like when you write in a book and like halfway through you decide the person's left-handed and you got to go back to the beginning and make mm -hmm. sure they were left-handed the whole time. So there were a few decisions we made near the end that we have to circle back and make sure that we're consistent throughout. So probably by mid-June, the edit will be done. It'll be turned over to layout. I'm going to go ahead and send out that version to everyone else as well. Because I'm sure there's still going to be typos and stuff. So hopefully other sure. people will look at it. But it's moving right along. We're still on pace to have the layout done by around August. Then it'll go out to the printers. I have, again, I have no idea how long it's going to take at the printers. It's probably three to six months the way things are sounding. But I still think we're on pace to get it when I promised it, even though I was hoping before then. And that is a big part of my depression and anxiety is as excited as I am about it. It has been terrifying to go through this right. process. And, you know, it's, as I said before, I don't know that Kickstarter is right for me. Like I do it for a catacon every year because at this point I kind of pretty much know how it's going to work. But that was some of the most stress. Like I was... No exaggeration, not not looking for pity, but mm -hmm. I was a wreck through that first two half, first half of that Kickstarter when it didn't look like it was going to fund for a while. 
I was like having a complete meltdown and, and I still have anxiety. Sometimes I just like almost have like a flashback to, Oh God, you know, and then that kind of thing. So I don't know if I'll be doing that again. Well, we'll, we'll see how I feel. I'm just like everything else. I'm sure in a few months, once it comes out, I'll start feeling better, but right now, not worth the stress. <laughs> I could imagine. Yeah. But uh, good stuff hopefully is coming in the future. So with that, and anyone's listening again, we don't have a guest tonight. So it's gonna be a little bit more of a loosey goosey show type. We may just kind of jump around a little bit, but we are going to move on to our first improv game. And that is 10 things. Let me bam. There we go. So because I changed the chalk thing, because I'm still cool like that. Uh, so 10 nice. things is an improv game where we're going to prompt one another in turn to try to come up with a list of things, 10 of them that fit the prompt. Uh, the idea of the game is that immediacy is better than accuracy. So a list you come up with quickly is better than a list that you take a long time to come up with, but actually fits the prompt well. Uh, Chris, you're essentially mm -hmm. the guest tonight. Would you like to go first in terms of prompting me or receiving your prompt? I'll prompt you because I thought of one earlier. All right. Lay it on me, sir. It was inspired by my wife. She asked me this. She said, hey, Father's Day is coming up. Give me a list of 10 things you'd like for Father's Day. A Blackstone grill. One. One of those grills that you put in your existing grill because they're much cheaper, but they make your grill into a flat top. Two. An automatic pool cleaning vacuum cleaner thingy. Three. A uh, gift card for the Spider-Man game because it's not coming out yet, but I want it buy it when it does. Four. Oh, we got um, an all-expense-paid vacation to uh, Origins. Five. Uh, more D12s. Six. Peace and quiet. If you know the joke, you know what I'm saying. Mm, seven. Uh, a nice tie. Eight. I need new shirts, so some new shirts will be great. All right. Nine. And uh, one of those pair of glasses that breaks apart in the middle and has the magnetic thing because I keep losing my glasses. Ten. Yay! Hey. That was, in fact, a list of ten things. All right. So you're all excited about Diablo. Mm -hmm. uh, I have. I think I played Diablo 2 or something, like years and years ago. I've not played a very long time, but I kind of know how it works. It's like a dungeon crawler. You go down, you kill a bunch of stuff, you yeah. get more powerful, right? So give me ten magic items that you hope you will collect as you play Diablo. Oh, what was it called? I will go the Axe of Death. One. Uh, the Finger of Death. Two. Uh, we'll go the bow that slings lightning. Three. Uh, the hammer that slings boulders. Four. Uh, the bone wand. Five. I think is actually one. Uh, the ice knife. Six. Uh, really big hammer that has a smiley face on it. Seven. Uh, we'll go with... Uh, the Spear of Destiny. Eight. Uh, the Spear of Chuckles. Nine. And the uh, Feather of Tickling. Ten. That wasn't the list of ten things. All righty. So for used books, we don't have a guest tonight uh, to talk about a campaign, but I have something to bring up. So again, we'll just kind okay. of play this one by ear. So as I mentioned, the, the game that I'm running for my friends, we are part of a criminal organization. So... I'm, I'm basically trying to think of all the things that I would normally run an adventure and then do the other side of that. Like we're, we're kind of like the bad guys or they're working for an organization that are the bad guys. And so what I want to do for the next adventure I run, which will probably be June or late June, is I want to do a prison break. Mm -hmm. Basically, it's going to be sort of like a Mission Impossible where the criminal organization says, hey, one of our people got pinched. They're in jail and we're worried about what they might say. So we need you to get them out or 
get in and make sure that they won't be able to talk. So, so they're going to have options, you know, that's the whole either take them out so they can't talk or get them out. But I want it to be where they have full license agency to approach that however they want, you know, classic, maybe they get arrested too. So they get put in with them. Uh, do they like rob guards? Do they try to pretend to be guards? Like, you know, I, I want them to have, it's not like it has to be done in the next 20 minutes. Like I want them to have time, maybe even to the point, like it goes to like trial and they like fix the jury. You know, like I want them to have mm -hmm. full reign to approach this however they want but I don't know any specific. So I just want to get your advice and anyone listening in chat that wants to throw in some ideas. I even put on Twitter the other day, I was like, Hey, I'm looking for a, a jailbreak scenario. And I got nothing. Like usually I get at least a couple things, like nothing didn't hit hmm. the algorithm or something. So do you, so I guess my question is, have you ever ran anything like that? Uh, do you have any advice or suggestions, either your own or like a module I could find for how to run that and make it fun? Uh, I have I actually did one with redemption where they had to go in and rescue a prisoner. Biggest thing I figured out, this was just me doing some Google search and other DMs said, always make a back door in because your players are not going to want to walk through the front door. Because if they do, they're probably going to get eaten by the guard, so to speak, because mm -hmm. your players are going to do something or say something or whatever, or let them somehow sneak in you know, like in Redemption, they hid in food carts and they hired somebody to sneak them in and then they snuck in and they broke them out. Actually, we've done two, now that I think about it, because the other one was built into a, a mountain and they actually found a cave that they could go in and then they, they went in through an old door. The other thing is, is the security systems, they should never be as complicated or as tough as they are in real life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, this is movie magic. You know, that's yeah. I'm thinking that but yeah because i you know for my job i've i've set up equipment you know i've set up cpaps and oxygen for prisoners so i've actually gone to a couple federal prisons in michigan and i mean you walk in the front door you check in the guard comes in he searches everything you have he has to ask for the next door to be opened you only walk like 10 feet he has to ask for the next door open and everywhere you would go is like a maze mm-hmm and the direction you go in to get to the back and the way you come back out are two different things. And they tell you, it's so you can't memorize the prison. And like I said, every 10 to 20 feet, there's another door they have to ask permission for. Your players aren't going to do that. No, or if they are, every 20 feet, they got to stab somebody, or, <laughs> you know, open a door somehow. Right. And it is D&D, &D, and it's not Eberron, so there's not like electronic locks or camera systems, you know, it's, it's not something like they could even infiltrate that way. Yeah. So again, keep it simple as far as the guards. I mean, with D and D, I mean, you could have maybe all the torches go out. They can find a way to blow out all the torches or something like that. Back up the sewer, and everybody has to escape. I don't know. Just different things like that. I'd run out of the building if the sewer's backed up and it's a prison. <laughs> Got to imagine that's not pleasant. Um, Trying to think of some of the other things I found online for that one. Um, oh, always give them a, a, a skylight. There's always a skylight so always they can climb out. So if they need to climb out, they can climb out and then slide down the mountain or whatever. Uh, when we did it, you know, I just figured out, let the players talk. And I actually kind of took something from Dungeon World, but Dungeon World talks about build a dungeon, but don't put anything in it until you figure out what the players need. And that's what I did with the two I did for Redemption. I had a rough layout of the building and then 
filled it in as they started talking. And it's hilarious how much the players will go, oh, well, I'll, I'll bet you there's a central security system. Well, there is now. There is now, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's got to be air shafts. All right, that makes sense. There is now. Yeah, and just go with that. Listen to them. And it, in a way, makes your job easier because you don't have to plan so in-depth, but at the same time, you're not going to get frustrated because they didn't follow your plan. Right. I guess. Yeah. See, and that's happened to me in, in the past. I, I ran a, a game in college where they started off in prison. Like that was the the setup. Like all of your characters are in prison. You can decide if you were in prison, you know, illegally or mistakenly, or if you're a criminal, I don't care. You're in prison. That's where we're going to start. And the first part of the adventure was, a, was supposed to be a prison breakout. And like, I thought I had done a really good job of trying to manipulate a few things where uh, one of the characters was working in the kitchen. And I'm like, well, this is great. You're just gonna like, give everybody food poisoning, get everybody sick. And then, you know, all the guards will get sick and then you can escape. That didn't come up and I didn't like force it, but I, I thought that was like an obvious thing. If you're working in the kitchen, you'll do that. And, and I, I'd, I'd set up like a couple of different things, kept thinking that that's what they'll do. And then, and at one time they, the, the entire prison was taken out on like, like a yard duty. They all left the prison. They were all like unshackled and they had to like clean something. I don't remember what it was now. I'm like, oh, the, this will be their opportunity. They didn't even try to escape during that. They just dealt with it and they got back in the prison. And I was just like, I don't know how else to help you figure this out, you know? Yeah. And I'm a little bit worried because I know, I know my characters, they're going to want a map of the prison. They're going to want, okay, we're going to spend two mm -hmm. days and we're going to watch and we're going to figure out their patterns. And they're going to want me to provide those types of details that I have no interest in providing for them because that's not, I would much rather run it, run it kind of loosey goosey. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask them like, what do you want to help you do this? And if they say, we want to find a map, I'll say, okay, how do you want to go about doing that? Are you going to try to break in or like, you know, find an ex prisoner, like, like let them, tell me how they want to go about doing a thing. And, and basically I'm going to, the, the more research they do, I'm going to give them a bonus on like a preparation role and okay. it'll be intelligence or wisdom. I'll set the DC, let's say it's 12, 15, whatever. And they get a 20. So it's five more than what they needed. Then I'm going to give them five preparation points, kind of like gumshoe works. And so when things are happening and I throw something at them, they can spend those points and go, oh, well, we've already, we knew this might happen. So that's why I brought X. So it's okay. not quite d and I'm going to kind of make it a D&D &D type, type of a game so that they can do those sorts of things. So I don't have to go, okay, I'm going to draw the map for you. I'm just going to say you have a map but it's not like a hundred percent complete. You know, there's, there's a few right. great, they may have changed a few things and you think, you know, the guard routine, but sometimes things can happen. Oh, the person you bribed got sick. And so they have a new person. There's a rookie that, you know, they're all excited about doing a good job and they're being more thorough than you expected. Well, we pre prepared for that. So this is that kind of thing. So that's my current plan from the loosey goosey aspect. But um, yeah, anyone listening now in the future, I'm, I'm very, if you have a module that does this, or again, if you want to try to find those episodes, Chris, tell me, I'll go back and listen to them because I, I want to make sure I do this well. Yeah. I have to look back. I know one of them was a while ago. We you ran that show for a long time. Yeah. We kind of did one in the last Dragonlands. They had to break into a keep and open a gate. And they got pretty creative with it. I mean, the ranger snuck up with the thief that's not a thief or the rogue that's not a thief. However, we keep making fun of it. And then the, the cleric got up close enough. He cast silence. So then 
the the guy who just got knighthood wearing full plate could walk up and not sound like somebody's dropping the you know kitchen pans all over yeah. the place. So they did a good job with that. And they really prepped and took their time. And, you know, that went well. I mean, you could kind of take like what you were just talking about with the preparation points, kind of like Star Wars does with the destiny points. Mm. So Every time they got, use one, I get one to use against them. Yeah, well, not even that. Maybe beforehand, if they roll, you know, hey, you want to find a map, roll an investigation check. I rolled a two. All right, cool. That gave me a preparation point in a way against you mm-hmm. that I can pull out and be like, oh, yeah, well, the guards changed their rotation or whatever you want to do. Or, or you found the map, but it's outdated. Like it, yeah. it doesn't account for the most recent wing that's been built or something. Since they failed yeah. the roll, they get something, but it's not the the right map type of a thing. <laughs> yeah, Grimace is not a thief. Not a thief. Or RJ does. Yeah. yeah. I'd say you were a thief. I forget how we said it. But anyways, um, I like those aspects where players can just go, you know what? I'm going to spend that resource and I have this. Because mm-hmm. as a player, you want to succeed. And as a GM, you, know, you want to say yes. Uh, RJ just said like an Ocean's Eleven flashback prep scene are super fun. So you could have them do something like that. Yeah. That's That's usually how those points work. It's like you say, okay, well, we prepared for this you know, here's my point, but usually there's like a quick, like, okay, well tell me, like, give me a quick, how did, how did you prepare for this? What'd you do? And then you have like a little flashback scene, not for all of them because it could get boring, but I just, I want to tie it to, like, I want to tie it to the player's choices Mm -hmm. and then the character's abilities to determine how many points they get. So if the players are thorough and they make good choices, like we, you know, we, this, 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 and this, those are all great ideas. So roll for those. So you're using your character stats and the ones they roll well for that kind of builds up. So they have more preparation points. Like they're going to have a minimum of like two or three. They're, they're definitely going to have yeah. that, but, but they might get more if they roll well, or they have more, a better chance to get more if they, that they take more and more time to prep. I feel like, again, knowing these two players, I think they will really appreciate that. Cause that's I, the type of game that we're running is very much a BS. We get off on, you know, we just start making mm-hmm. jokes and, you know, it's, it's the type of humor that I'm, probably wouldn't want to share with people, but we enjoy it together as adults. Right. And, you know, we're back in our childhoods. So we're making the same stupid jokes we made when we were 12, but they do enjoy feeling smart more so than their characters. Like I think they would enjoy more them making a good choice than like their character having the right abilities type of a thing. Uh, so I want to try to do a bit of a mixture of both, but I, I do think they'll enjoy that aspect. I'm going to try anyways. You're doing this in D and D, right? Yeah. Five B. All right. Uh, I just had a thought. Why don't you use inspiration? Now, did you come up with that all by yourself? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Not in chat at all. You didn't steal that. You're not a thief either. Oh, no. <laughs> so, and there's one thing I do inspiration different. I've, I've been done that since 5A started. I use it more like Benny. So you get a set number of you t- tokens. And every time you do something funny or interesting, I give you more. So you can have a bunch of those. Uh, and it kind of will work the same way. But one of the things that I've done is since there's only two of them, um, I start them with three each. So normally you would get one to start each game, but since there's only two of them, they get a couple extra uh, to help them overcome the fact that there's only two of them in, in the game type of a thing. Yeah, I will tell you that that's one thing I always forget what running D&D is inspiration. And because I forget it, the players forget it. And I have to tell myself to do it. And even in Star Wars, I mean, I have the Destiny pool right in front of me. And so many times I forget to use it. And it's something I, I wish I was better at. 
staple something on my forehead yeah. to remind myself. I, I will say that's something I do well. I, I will pat myself mm -hmm. on the back there. I'm I'm very conscientious of them. I talk about them, especially if I do like a one shot at a convention. I tell them, you know, you're gonna get more, use them, spend them. I'm very, you know, liberally hand them out when they do things that are make me laugh. So I, I think I do that pretty well. You know, again, I don't necessarily use them for like great role playing. Like I do as well, but you're more likely to get them if you make me laugh. I tell people, if you make me mm -hmm. laugh, you're gonna get a token because I like to have fun and I'm here to you know laugh. Now, if I'm playing like a horror game. That would be different and be, you know, more in right. character or, or, or buying into the story or the mood. But most of the games I run are, you know, silly, Fast and the Furious movie style, like over the top action silliness. So you're more likely to get a token if you make me laugh. All right. So with that, we're going to move on. We're going to move into our second. I don't know what's happening. I can't figure out why the, where my fingers have been is not showing. Oh, well, it's not that important. Yeah. So we're going to do Where My Fingers Have Been. This is another improv game. We're going to once again take turns prompting each other to create a short scene involving two or more people. And hopefully they have a beginning, middle, and end. I usually leave at least one of those out because I think it's funny. Uh, Chris, you again are the guest tonight, technically. So would yeah. you like to go first in terms of being prompted or would you like to prompt first? Uh, I'll get prompted. I, you went first the last time. So right. where have my fingers been? I said, where have my fingers been? You are two D&D &D characters discussing how you can get arrested so that you can start your break out of prison mission. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go steal something from the market. That's been done so many times. Besides, we need a monkey to do that. We don't have one. Ah, fair enough. Uh, what if we just go up and slap somebody really important? Yeah. Like we know anybody important. All right. Good point. Good point. What? Wait. Wait. But what if we just run through the market naked? We did that last week. It didn't work. <sighs> You're right. So steal somebody's horse? Nope. Done that too. <sighs> Fine. Why don't we just go up and slap one of the guards? That sounds too easy. What about if we slap the mayor? He pays extra for that. Fair enough. All right. Uh, then uh, maybe you should just uh, you know, go consult an actual criminal and not a priest. Good point. Thanks. And that's where my <laughs> fingers have been. Well, twisted the end. That was like a sixth sense. I didn't see that coming. Yeah. He was a priest the whole time. <laughs> so now it is my turn. So, of course, we have to sing the song. Where have my fingers been? I said, where have my fingers been? Uh trying to teach somebody to play poker all right okay so what we're going to play here is poker poker yes very good poker okay so we're going to take the cards we're going to deal them and everybody's going to get five cards okay so now what are my card nope turn i don't don't show them to me you look at your own cards okay and our aces ones are high you're not supposed to tell me what you have, but they're pretty. They're all the same color and they're all in the same number. Fold. And that's where my fingers have been. Yay. Yay. And I've played that game. <laughs> I, I've taught my kids how to play poker. I did manage to get to where my fingers been up. So hopefully it will oh. continue to work. Yay. They're cryptozoology. Okay. So we're going to move into cryptozoology. This is the part of the show where we talk about a monster, usually D&D, &D, not always. 
Uh, we talk about ways maybe we've used this creature in the past. Or we brainstorm some ways that we will use it in the future. Uh, before we jumped on, Chris and I went back and forth. He came up with a good idea. So we are going to talk about the intellect devourer. Uh, there is a 5e version that we're talking about. And hopefully no major spoilers, but there is a pretty funny instance of this creature being used in the D&D movie. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's actual lore. I don't, maybe it is. I didn't see it in the book when I looked at it, but the gag in the movie is that they are attracted to intelligence. So the more intelligent you are, the more likely they are to bother you. Uh, surprise, not that interested in our band of heroes in the movie. Uh, and it works very, very well. Yeah. So, so I guess the first question I asked Chris is, uh, have you ever used an intellect devourer in one of your games before? I, I haven't. And uh, spoilers, the reason I picked it was I just did a random letter generator and it gave me I, and Intellect Devourer was the first one. And then I read through it and went, wow, that is creepy. I, it's, I mean, it, it's a walking brain with bestial claws and it, it, it's attracted to intellect and it's trying to suck your intellect out and then take over your body and then bring your body back to the mind flayers that created it. I mean that's that's creepy and just horrible. Yeah, I've I've never used one either. I do remember I think it's in the Neverwinter Nights video game that mm -hmm. like early on one of the people behind the doing doing things that don't make sense, you end up finding out they were controlled by an intellect devourer. So that's the only experience I'd ever had with them. Uh Foxblade has jumped in to say that they have used them before. Oh nice. Uh, so I've never really looked at the the you know the game description or mechanics, I should say. And I was kind of surprised at how this thing works. I think it's very interesting. It's not your typical hit it with a stick till you till it dies creature, but they yeah. are also a save or suck kind of mm. uh, situation that uh, basically they try to hit you. And if they hit you with their, um, they, if you're within 10 feet, the target must make a DC 12 intelligence saving throw or take, if they fail, they take damage. And you roll 3d6. If your total equals or exceeds the target's intelligence score, then they are stunned until you gain a point of intelligence. And then on their next turn, since you're stunned, they can just kill you. They eat your brain and magically eat your brain and take over your body. So this is like a, you better save that or your friends better kill it before it goes again. That yes. is wow, because that is like, whew, especially you got like your barbarian who's like, oh, I'm a barbarian, I'm not intelligence, it'll be fun. No, you're dead. Round two, you're dead. Yeah, and I have a barbarian body now. Yay, me. Yeah, yeah. like Foxblade said, they're very dangerous for just a challenge two. Challenge two. I mean, intellect's 12 from you know, most characters is not going to be the easiest save, and then that 3d6 and intelligent i mean that rolled 3d6 to see if it's greater than your intelligence you know and then your intelligence now is zero so you can't do anything until your party does something to give you more intelligence back and then the question i have and it doesn't even say it in here do you get that back after the creature's dead or do you have to fall into spell to you know fix that or what? Because it doesn't talk about that. It just is yeah, your... I, I think there are rules for regaining lost uh, ability points through like rest. It's like a version of healing that takes a little longer. I, I would assume that it, it would, you just like 
take like a week off, which, you know, you still might not be able to do, but yeah, that's, yeah. that's vicious. But, but for the reason that it is that vicious, I very likely would not use one of these against a party. It much like in that Neverwinter Nights game, it would be a, there's an NPC who is working against the interest of the party, manipulating them, lying to them, trying to get them into a more dangerous situation that is being controlled. So whether it's a, a favorite, a well-loved, a well-known NPC, or just someone they should trust, they have no reason not to, who's now being devoured. Uh, so there'll be more of a mystery of why are they acting this way? They've suddenly act, you know, started acting unusual, putting the pieces together and then realizing that. And, and from what I can tell, basically it's, by the time you realize what's happening, it's too late. They are dead. Like th there's mm -hmm. no coming back from that. It's just a matter of whether or not you can get the devourer out and kill it before it takes another body. Yeah. So they're creepy. Just the picture and the description and, you know, turning your, your PC into a, I mean, it's a, describes it as a puppet. Yeah. It's a meat mecca. Yeah. You just become a little puppet. They walk you back to their, their mind flayer maker and drop you off. And then they're off to go get somebody else. Yep. Uh, it's just creepy to me. It's like a valet still in your car. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I think a unique way of using these is if you wanted to throw them against your party just to kind of scare them and somebody does fail it, you say to them, hey, you know, don't worry, I have a plan. Or what would even be better in this situation with my thought is, you know, let's say I was DMing for you and you said, hey, I'm just not digging this character. I said, okay, we can reset it you fail that save, the intellect of our takes you over. All right, what's your new personality? And then long-term, we could play it off that, you know, oh, well, there's really a mind flare that's been secretly pushing the party for its own political mm. means, and you're just building your character as a new character. And that might be a neat reveal later on. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we are dealing with magic, and, and mm -hmm. the devouring of the brain is magical. So it would be a wave of the hand to say that your brain isn't actually consumed it's just gone and there's yeah. like a collection there's a jar a brain jar uh like in young frankenstein and so <laughs> it could be a okay now we we could switch you back so we can't just kill you we have to subdue you maybe we don't even you know like i said maybe the players in on it they, they just act normal for a little while and then slowly it's, maybe it's like bill can't be there so his character is the one that gets taken over and now we got to go find where this brain reservoir is. And, you know, and, and then maybe that's the reveals that you're like going through all the brains and you're like, holy crap, the mayor's brain is in here or the king or the queen, you know, uh, a favorite ally is like, oh my, how long have they been taken yes. over that we didn't even know this? Uh, you know, very similar to how a doppelganger might work in a way, but, but that mm -hmm. could be the fun reveals when you find the brain bank and all the people that have been switched that you just now realize. Yeah, that could be fun. Um, I, I just like the idea of also using them as just a, almost an atmosphere of something. You know, they, they find mm -hmm. a, a bad guy and he's got all these intellect powers all around him that he's controlling. And that would just be a good creepy element to add in for your players and a good way of building a scene. Especially because I would describe him as kind of slimy. Yeah, I would, I would say slimy would work. Uh, this could be one of those good encounters where they know what they're going in against. So it's not a surprise. It's like, you have to sneak past a dozen of these yeah. to get to the thing. So what magic items do you have? How can you prepare? What can you do to fort you know, fortify your intelligence? Cause you need to sneak through here. Cause if you awaken 12 intellect hours, you're not going to pass all those saves. 
guarantee that you're at least one of you is going to fail and die. So every stealth roll, everything you can do to make sure your stealth or, or magical protections are up to snuff are important. That could be the tension is mm -hmm. the knowing the, that you have to face off and sneak past a dozen of these to get to the thing rather than, oh, look, there's one, ah, you're dead type of thing. Yeah. It does say in here, mind blank will protect a person from their ability to sense you. And then there's one that says a protection from evil will drive the intellect devourer out. But it doesn't say that you regain your brain, though. It just says it pushes them out. Yeah, because it says your brain is devoured. It's got yeah. a, it's an intellect devourer. So your brain, again, strictly by the rules, is gone. But I do like the idea that it's not, it's not eaten. It's just somewhere else. So you could potentially get your meat puppet friend back and then find a way to get the brain back in them. Or maybe yeah. even a different brain. You know, it doesn't have to be the same brain. Abby normal. Abby something? Abby yeah. Yeah. normal? Yeah. That is one of, if not my all-time favorite comedy movie. <laughs> I think I would, as a DM, run it where it, it doesn't eat your brain. It just possesses you. Mm. So that way you're still Sable. there. So if they do drive the, the thing out, that you can come back. Which could... If for somebody who's deep in role playing, could really change that character. Yeah, you know, I had to watch for two levels as my body made decisions I didn't want to, mm -hmm. which could be you know fun to role play. Could also be a little traumatizing for your character, but it could be, I mean, like you said that if you have somebody who wants to change their character, that could be a method. Like mm -hmm. you said, maybe so. Again, we're messing with the lore a little bit, but maybe like every time the brain devourer does this, it it absorbs personality, talents, quirks. And so it being in your body for a couple of weeks, there was some residual, you know, you, you can cast magic now. You couldn't before, but you can now, or, you know, fighting techniques or something. So you could basically change your class. Uh, you're basically the same personality, but you've picked up these different skills and abilities through that process. Uh, this could even be something you make a quest, like a character's like, yeah, hey, I don't really like this wizard. I think I want to be a fighter. Okay. But you got to give me a couple of sessions because we're going to make this part of the game. We're not just going to blah, you're a fighter. It's going to be, you have to find one of these, a specific one, let it take over your body, then drive it out, and then you can become a fighter type of a thing. That could be interesting if you start players off at level zero, and then they get their abilities based on, you know, the group drives this thing out. Now you know magic, or you've discovered, mm -hmm. you know, uh, religion, or, hey, I'm really good at punching things, or whatever. Foxblade says, yeah, pushes them out. You need resurrection magic to fix your character. Yeah, so, so technically devoured. you would be dead, yeah. But again, my players don't know that, so yeah. I, I could change that. And I think I think I probably would, because I'm not really big on mind flares. I don't really use those, but uh, I could definitely I. have a brain bank somewhere that are just jars of collected brains um, they could find. I think that'd be really cool uh, reveal for them to find that. Yeah, that could be a really fun comedy, because you could just... You know, let's say it's your character that got possessed. Well, now I can put any brain in there I want. Right. Like, okay, put this one in this week. And next week, oh, you know, we need a barbarian this week. All right, Michael. Boop. Yeah. Ah, again, not, not to bring up Joss Whedon again, horrible human being, but really good at developing stories. Um, Dollhouse. Like, I'm also getting that kind of thing. I don't know if you're familiar with that that mm -hmm. show he created. Uh, basically, you could, it, it's sort of like uh, Matrix. You could, like, download different personalities and okay. skills and abilities. So you could have that where once you find the brain bank, maybe there's a way to like, okay, this week I need to know this, this week I need to know that. And 
you know, make that an active thing that the characters do to gain knowledge or ability. It could be part of their level up mechanics, you know, hmm. like where they like, okay, I need to find the brain of a fighter that's better than me. And then that brain will teach me stuff. So though one of the things I did a long time ago, I thought was really cool is I had um, the, the characters that is one of my level zero situations. They found a mm -hmm. ring that had absorbed the personality of an adventuring party. Uh, the, the only person that survived they went up against a dragon, kept this ring that had all their personalities, and that person got kidnapped, and the, the kids of the village found this ring, and the ring had all these specters. And so over the zero level, they basically, they found a specter that would train them. So on the way they went from their village to the town, uh, it took like a month through the woods. They all had a, found a favored specter who's like, I'm a wizard, and you know taught the wizard how to do things. I thought that was a cool mechanic. It, I did something similar to that, only I used... Uh... From the Dresden files, the coins of the Black and Denarian. So they were being taught things, but not realizing that secretly they weren't going to be good guys at the yeah. end. But the players knew that long term they weren't right. going to be good guys, but the the, the characters didn't know. So, but I just thought it was you know randomly pulling that out. I was like, that's kind of a creepy thing. I've never really looked at it that closely till today yeah again being, playing D, D for as long as i have i've never used one never fought against one um and i definitely could see myself using it now so uh, score yeah. one for cryptozoology yeah yes random dice or uh letter generators on the internet to give us that one we're the win yeah. all right so that brings us to audience q a we do have a couple people that are hanging out with us tonight so this is basically the way this works if you have any questions throw them in the chat um, if we don't have any, we'll wrap things up. But while we're waiting for any questions to come in, Chris, where again can people find you on the internet, plug anything you want to plug, all of the stuff? You know how it works. Uh, most of the time, if I'm online, it's on either uh, the RPG Academy's Discord page or the Redemption. I float around there and a couple other Discord pages. Uh, I do have Twitter, Berlu underscore Chris. Uh, I'm probably one of the most boring people because all I do is retweet other people's stuff. Uh, just because I don't start threads because when people start getting negative, I start getting angry and then I just don't want to do it anymore. Uh, otherwise, uh, every other Mondays, uh, YouTube doing Smuggler's Blues, uh, every other Thursday for the Dragonlance right here, and then every other Wednesday here. Uh, and they all happen to be on the same week. So if you want three days with me, it's the same week. Oh, fantastic. Uh, as for myself, of course, everything I do can be found at the RPG Academy. Uh, if you go to the website, there is a, a, a link to pre-order the uh, the printed copy of the Action 12 Cinema game. You get the PDF right away, and there's about to be a new version go out with the, the new added version. Uh, I want to quickly plug the Healthy Minds Alliance podcast that I'm doing as part of my AmeriCorps service. I'm very proud of this podcast. It's the first quote unquote professional podcast that I've, I've done. It's about mental health and mental health awareness. It's like short 20, 25 minute long interviews with people doing the work in local communities as well. Some professionals I've had a chance to interview uh, and I'm going to be, I'm going to start doing some executives within like the AmeriCorps organization and talk about their mission statement, that kind of stuff. So it's very small, but I'd love for more and more people to um, uh, check it out and help it grow. And then, um, Oh, I had something and it's completely gone. I've, I've, my brain has completely lost its place. Oh, oh, um, the sample adventures. So mm -hmm. we have a um, G.I. Joe sample adventure coming up. It was supposed to be Rat Rat Ratuyama. 
I don't know Ooh, don't that. ask me to say it. Yeah, but we, we had to switch that one out for a reason. So we're going to have a G.I. Joe one coming up. We have a, a, a Fate Masters of Umdar, which is basically sort of like a Thundar the Barbarian or He-Man style Saturday morning cartoon setting that Devin from the old Sharkbone podcast is going to run that. I think right now it's just you and I playing, but we're, we're looking for a third. And then we have a few others that were got various states of scheduling. I'm probably going to be running the, the Star Trek Tricorder adventure which is basically the original star trek crew so scotty spock ahura mm -hmm. that kind of thing um unfortunately that one's going to take a little longer so we're, we're going to do a little bit more planning because it's usually we try to do these in like three hours and that's that that adventure is just not going to do that yeah. uh but anything you want find at the rpg academy on twitter you'll find me there so we had a couple of questions come in uh grimace tubman i think he said is rj uh mm -hmm. Any interest in the new Free League Lord of the Rings role play for 5e? So basically, Free League did a Lord of the Rings game using their own system, which is based off the Year Zero engine. Um, but they now came out with a 5e compatible adventure or 5e version of the rules for the One Ring setting. So any interest in playing through that? I would. I mean, is it a full, I don't know if it's a full module or is it just like a... I think set. this is like a conversion. So basically it's it's role-playing in Middle Earth, Hobbits, you know, mm -hmm. Goblins, Gandalf, Aragorn, but it uses the 5e rules rather than their own system. I'd play. Maybe they've got a, you know, starter set that somebody could come on and play, run for us. There That'd is a fun. starter set for the system. I don't know if the 5e has one or not. I'll have to check. I think I have it. I'm on their publicity list. So I get like the PDF copies of like everything they send out. Um, so RJ says there is a, there is a module. So that, that may have to be a sample adventure that we check in the future. Now, again, I love Lord of the Rings. I think those movies that Peter Jackson made, not, not, not the Hobbit, those suck, but the other ones, <laughs> some of the best movies ever made. Um, yeah. I did read the Lord of the Rings, the book one time. Uh, it was one of the longest, books I ever it took me the longest to get through mm -hmm. and when those last 20 pages I it, I slowed down because I didn't want to finish it because I felt like I was saying goodbye to friends like I just because I had gone through that journey of that long read I felt like I knew those people and I just I didn't want the book to end so I slowed down again so I absolutely love those stories I don't know how well that's going to work in 5e because 5e is a heroic fantasy. It, it's fast and furious in D&D &D, and Lord of the Rings is not that type of storytelling. Um, so I'm not sure how it would work, but I do. I mean, in Free League, we trust. So if they put mm -hmm. it out, I trust that they probably did a really good job. But realistically, I would probably prefer to play their system because I, I would bet that they've found a way to marry the system and setting together better than the 5e conversion does but i can't blame them for trying to hit 5e because it's still the biggest market there is um but i think i have both of them so i'll definitely take a look and if anybody's interested in running a sample adventure join the discord it's free we we do this all the time so uh yeah i would i would not say no to that and um so already threw out a new question have i played their system before so i have played several free league games that are all from my understanding based off the same year zero engine system, but each one has its own little unique twists. Um, so I so I have not played the One Ring. I have the One Ring box set, but I have not played it, but I have played several of the Free League games, Blade Runner, um, Forbidden Lands. Uh, I think there's one more that I've played that, that, uh, that all kind of work on the same 
sort of thing. Um, but not that one specifically. Have you played any of the free league stuff? Maybe. Uh, I play a lot of stuff at conventions. I go there and usually sign up for something I've never heard of on a regular basis. I just read kind of the description of what the story is supposed to be. And then I just sign up and cross mm -hmm. my fingers and hope it's not a bad system. So I possibly have, I just couldn't tell you right off the top of my head. Uh, obviously not something that I've brought home. Of course, I don't usually bring a whole lot of stuff home from conventions. You know, to me, that's an experience I have at the convention. You know, unless I really wowed myself, I don't bring it home. I think Feng, Sh Feng Shui 2 or Feng Shui, however you say it, is probably the last one I brought home from a convention. Mm. And that's been seven, eight years ago now. That was the first game you and I ever played together. Yeah. Kaylee ran yeah. that for me, you, and Michael. Uh, yeah, that was a good time. I think we'd, well, no, we had, this first game we played together, though, right? We had met before or? In person. I think we'd done a couple of things online. Okay. I think in person, so. Yeah, that was a fun time though. Kelly did a mm -hmm. good job with that. Um, Dragon Bane was the other one. So Dragon Bane was the other one that uh, it uses a version of that. It's well, no, it doesn't. It doesn't use it because it's the Swedish thing. So it's a completely different system. Never mind. <laughs> so RJ asked about 40k because there are RPGs for the Warhammer 40k and how long until you can listen to the Dragonlance. So I'll start with that. We talked about the early, probably July is when those episodes are going to start coming out because uh, it's going to help fill in kind of our summer slowdown and stuff coming out. So it'll be a consistent release. And hopefully by then we'll have enough of a backlog that once they start coming out, they'll just finish coming out until we're done. Or that's the plan. We'll see how it goes. Uh, so Warhammer 40K, ever played it? Any interest in playing it? Uh, I've played the both the tabletop miniature version and I, I have played a couple times the role-playing system i enjoy it I, i'm not going to spend thousands of dollars building armies mm. that's not my thing i'd rather spend you know a hundred bucks on the same miniatures and just mix them up you know hey you get these five this time i get these five and let's see how it plays out yeah um, i also don't have the patience to paint them all um, mostly because my vision's not what it used to be and Wearing bifocals with the mag magnifying glass and little paintbrushes is just not my thing anymore. Uh, the role-playing game, I mean, we played all Space Marines and we're fighting some sort of undead. Somebody's going to correct me. I can't remember what they're called, but, you know, it was mostly just roll dice and kill things and hope your armor saved you. That's all I remember from it. It was fun. I mean, I would play it again, but it wasn't yeah. something I'm going to jump up and down and go buy either. But I, I don't know all the lore, so I don't right. know all the nuances I've had, of it. I've had some people try to tell me the lore, and I'm always like, are you joking? Like, is this a, like, because it seems like, and I've even kind of heard that that the lore was like intentionally convoluted and over the top, but then it, there's just so much of it got built up that it starts to have some gravitas to it, but that it's like intentionally kind of weird, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I have absolutely zero, I'd have zero interest in playing the actual Warhammer tape measure, build an army, even if someone built an army for me, that does not interest me at all. If it, if it's for you, no, no shade, but it's not my thing. And because I'm not into the lore and I don't really have any interest in learning it, like again, like a one shot of convention, sure. I'll jump in, I'll play a heretic mm -hmm. or whatever the people who hunt down the heretics are. It's the only thing I really know about it, yeah. but I know I have no interest whatsoever. Doesn't mean that I wouldn't love it if I did, 
But again, I retreat to the things that I love and yeah. find comfort in. And for me, that's D&D. Though I did really like Dragon Bane. I cannot get that game out of my head. I, I, I have fought and finally got into a game of it. I think it, at Gen Con, not the, because like everybody's running Ritter Mound, which is the one that I ran. So I can't really play in that one because I already know the adventure. But somewhat, there's like five, four or five other adventures that are being ran. And I finally got into one. I'm so excited to play that game. I like, I'm really wanting to play that more. But hmm. so you weren't yeah, in that should... one, were you? No, mm-hmm. it was Kaylee, Michael, and, and Caleb. So yeah. Yeah. yeah All right. Well, last few years have been busy for me. So. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot going on. Uh, but hopefully these sample adventures are going to continue going uh, detention. And we're going to keep that rolling. The rest of the RPG Academy um, catalog, it's it's going to roll back. Mo is currently handling our show and tell episodes. He's going to run that, I think, basically for the rest of the year. I think so. what he said. He's going to try to run through December, one or two episodes a month. Um, we'll see if someone else wants to take it on after that, or that might fade away, though. I hate that because I really like the show and tell thing. I think it's one of the mm-hmm. best things we do. Uh, this is like one of the most fun things we do, but I think show and tell right. is like one of the most valuable things we actually provide to the tabletop community uh, is given, you know, exposure to some of these smaller creators and stuff. Yeah. Um, anything else to look forward to Gen Con? I love Gen Con. Gen Con's my Christmas. Like I look forward to it probably as much as, if not more than anything else I do every year is absolutely one of my favorite things. And I, I'm playing in, so I'm playing the Dragon Mound. I'm, I'm playing a Cortex Plus game. I think I'm playing in a Dread game. And there's one other like really big one I was super excited to get into, but of course my mind is not. I mm-hmm. I actually got really excited because I got into a Marvel 616 game and then I found out they oversold or double booked or something. So but the thing I'd signed up for got deleted. So the one I wanted doesn't exist anymore. So I didn't get that one. Uh, I'm running Scooby-Doo Dread, which is one of my favorite things ever I've, I've ever ran. It's a great time every time said knocking on wood and i'm also going to do that uh, panel i do on dming like introduction to dming which is also just a fabulous time i, I just uh, people have always come up after and said hey i really enjoyed this it helped me get started or something to play with my kids like i've always got some feedback from it that just like warms my heart and it's the reason why i keep doing it so i'm really looking forward to those as well you're you're nice. not going this year are you chris i can't i you know between finishing up scout stuff work being super crazy and just other commitments i don't know if i'm going to be able to really take well i won't be taking time off till probably august end of august but right all right then i'll just have a bunch of time from september on that i get to go take vacations for yeah we got our faculty retreat uh in september Mm -hmm. then of course we have a catacon in november uh you did mention before that your scout time might be coming to an end soon so maybe once that's done maybe a gen con's in your future yeah yeah, because I mean, right now it's once a month and once a week. So once I can step back from being Scoutmaster and, you know, kind of transition to having another, you know, dad that's pretty committed to do it, or mom, doesn't matter. I think that I've got a dad that's already kind of talked about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I can step back and then start freeing up some of my time and Melissa's time to do some other stuff. Because cool, cool, cool. she, she can't relax when we go. She still has to try to do everything and i'm like stop just chill out lady but that's not her personality and i appreciate that because when she comes to a catacomb she does a ton of work and i appreciate that so i hope she knows that yeah she does 
All right. Well, we will sign off there. Thank you everybody for hanging out. Uh, RJ, uh, pleasure having you in here. Foxblade, thank you as always. We've had several, we've had as many as 10 people at one time watching. So there are several people that were checking us out that didn't feel like chatting. Totally fine. Lurkers are always welcome. Uh, we basically do the show every other week. We usually have a third, uh, which unfortunately scheduling happened last minute. They weren't able to join us, which changes that dynamic a little bit. But uh, we think it's a good time. We do some silly stuff. We talk about role-playing games in our lives. And hopefully somewhere something came out that you could use, some little nugget of wisdom that we said, like, hey, I could use that in my game. If that came out of it, then that was great. Uh, but we will <laughs> sign off, as we always do, by saying, remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. Thanks. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize, but there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy, or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook, or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can, and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time. The music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.